strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. You know what's funny is I wasn't able to watch my cousin Vinny and look at that judge without thinking of Herman Munster because he played Herman Munster, right? So, you know, whenever I see him in the movie, I still keep waiting for that laugh from the Munsters. Happy Halloween from the Mike Broomhead Show. So much still to talk about in this final hour of the show. Um, we are going to have Did You Hear This comes up at 1120. Uh, but the latest polls show the, the races are very close in Arizona, as they always do. And there's so much to argue about. And we do this so much. And I've talked about I talked a lot about polarization in the last time around. Um, one of the interesting things is that a judge has said a federal judge said late last week that um, the people watching ballot drop boxes and tactical gear and face their faces covered with bandanas were not a real threat. Therefore, they couldn't be stopped. And I will tell you, I agree with the decision, but I'm very consistent because I there are a lot of things that are free speech that I don't agree with. I don't agree with the way pr- people protest. Sometimes I don't agree with burning the flag. I don't believe with I don't believe in desecrating people's religious symbols. I don't believe in any of that. Although I do believe it's protected in America. In America, nothing is perfect. We take the good with the bad. And when we start saying we're going to cut out the bad, we're in trouble. Um, and it's interesting. The, the First Amendment has been cited when it comes to what's appropriate with sexually explicit material for kids in schools. I know this is a shift from the elections a little bit, but we th- th- that is such a, a, an irrational argument to me because I'm bound here. I am bound with the language that I can use and the subject matter that I can talk about by the FCC rules. There are words I cannot say, and if I say them, I could be fined. The station could be fined. They could lose their license. There are some subject matters that we are not supposed to talk about, and there are there are rules in place that we understand that when it's family-friendly. We have a rating system for movies, and children are not supposed to be allowed inside a rated-R movie – Without a parent, and if it's rated R or or uh, what is it, a PG seventeen or whatever it is, this is these are movies that we we have rated that they're looking at for content and saying this is not appropriate for young children. But with somehow in a school setting, having graphic illustrations and descriptions of sexual activity is now all of a sudden acceptable. I don't think that that's true, and that's another issue that'll be on the ballot. But when it comes to the First Amendment, you have a right to your religious expression. There's, that is an absolute in the First Amendment, that the Congress cannot make any laws about the establishment of religion, and they cannot stop you or the free practice thereof. They cannot stop you from practicing your religion. Just because you're a school teacher, you can pray. If you're a police officer, you can pray. The funny thing about it is true acceptance is for people that pray from different religions, and we accept it. And we allow them to worship the way they want, and we are accepting of people with no religion. You know, there's uh, there's no reason to be disrespectful, even if you're not. It has gotten so crazy in schools that there was a time where they were ta- saying to kids before it got pushed back upon, if a child prayed before they ate in a cafeteria, they couldn't make a de- they couldn't demonstrate it. In other words, they couldn't pray out loud. Number one, they weren't supposed to bow their head and close their eyes and make it obvious they were praying. It was a separation of church and state issue. That is not what the First Amendment says. 
So to take it back to where I started, these people that are protesting at ballot drop boxes, first of all, stop giving them any power whatsoever. They have no power, none. They, they are they, well, they're they're intimidating. No, they're not. You're, they're seventy five feet away. It's different. If they're following people and chasing people and confronting people, completely different, completely different. Well, I shouldn't have to feel as if I have to worry about myself with them there. Hang on a minute. There's a large group of people in Arizona that think it should be okay for someone to be within eight feet of a police incident and videotaping the police doing their job. And when I said, wait a minute, when you're within eight feet, a police officer has a right to feel like I've got to worry about you behind my back now. It's not the camera in your hand or videotaping my actions or audio taping my words. It's I don't know what you're going to do and I have to focus on a situation in front of me at eight feet. People at the drought ballot drop boxes are 75 feet away. I don't encourage it. I don't think it's a good idea. I would never do it. I don't think there's any reason to. But isn't it interesting that now all of a sudden these people are a threat because of the way they're dressed? You're giving them too much power. You're giving them way too much attention and power. I want you to hear an interesting comment. Um, this is Mark Burnovich as he was talking in an interview. He was talking about election deniers and uh, election denial. So it's got some rough language, which we've bleeped out, but you'll get the gist of it here. Horse and that's what it is. Most of it's horse and I've been trying to scrape, scrape it off my shoes for the last year. So the attorney general now is saying election deniers, the whole thing is is no good that that it's and I will tell you, I know that there are reasonable people out there, but I look at the evidence like everybody else does in an overwhelming number of court cases and decisions. And I will tell you that I don't believe the 2020 election was stolen. I think what we've done is a waste of time rolling into this important election of 2022. Um When Barack Obama was elected president, not just once, but twice, there was a segment of our society that believed, based on college enrollment, that he was not an American, he was not born in the States, that he was foreign born, therefore excluded from the possibility of being president. And even then, back then, I was saying to people in my party, I am a lot more concerned of why we elected him president because I disagree with the policies. Why we would elect and reelect him president than I am about some technicality. And I just think the longer we look backwards, the worse off it is for us. We have got a very important election in eight days, and there are many, many people that have already voted by mail, and there are many, many people that will be filling their ballots out as we speak. How are you? If you are someone that is that invested, how are you if you are someone that's gone to a ballot drop box location dressed in tactical gear with your face covered? How are you influencing people? What influence are you having on potential voters? How is it uh, how is it um, reflecting on candidates? How is it reflecting on your position on things? I have a deep respect for activism, even if it's activism I disagree with. Um, What I mean by that is I can appreciate somebody's activism. I can appreciate someone's passion for a topic, even if it's not a topic that I will take up. But are you being self-serving or are you serving the cause? And I would say that if you're someone that believes that the ballot drop boxes need to be watched and there needs to be vigilance in watching this and you're doing it dressed that way, 
you're not doing that cause much of a service. You're showing yourself to be a bit of an extremist, and the extremist views are going to um, look negatively on people. So we'll see. I'm anxious to see how this all ends up uh, in the end. It should be. It, it is going to be crazy for the next week running up to this election. And we're going to cover um, ballot initiatives, propositions, candidates. We're going to talk about all of it. Go to KTAR.com slash Arizona Votes if you want to be a more informed voter and hear interviews straight with the candidates and what's going on. Uh, coming up in just a moment. We're going to get you caught up on the biggest news stories of the day. It's a segment we call Did You Hear This? And we'll do it in just one moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, it's the Halloween edition to get you caught up on the headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. A new OH Predictive Insights poll has new data out about voters' decisions in the governor's race. A majority of Hobbs' voting base is voting against Carrie Lake, whereas three-fourths of Lake's voter base is voting for Carrie Lake. Have elections become less about issues and rather about who someone thinks is the lesser of two evils? Yeah, I think that's part of it as well, and it's interesting, and I, I don't think that bodes well for Katie Hobbs. If, if you are the protest vote, I don't know that that's what people want. Um, and I don't know how accurate that is, but that tells a big story. If somebody says, I don't necessarily like Katie Hobbs, but she's better than Carrie Lake, that's not a ringing endorsement. You know, that's not. And what you want are people that are not only are voters. We talked about making them advocates. If I can get you to listen to the show, I'm halfway there. If you listen to the show, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you like the show enough to recommend it to someone else and now you're an advocate for the show, now I'm doing my job. And I think candidates need to be able to do that as well. And this kind of is a tell thing about who is able to do that and who isn't. President Obama spoke at a rally for Democrats over the weekend and discussed his views on how the GOP would handle the economy. You know what their, their big economic policy is? They want to gut Social Security and Medicare and then give big tax cuts to the wealthy. Do you believe this is what Republicans want? Come on. Nobody believes that's what Republicans want. Yeah, that's what the Republicans want. We want to gut Social Security, you know, because we're old and white in the Republican Party. And so now that we're getting older and have paid into Social Security for all this time, now we want to gut Social Security. Come on. We understand the differences between Republicans and Democrats. And I will tell you, I think Barack Obama is one smart individual. I think he is one of the best public speakers we've had in America in 50 years. But if he's going to go to that, you are playing to the lowest common denominator. Independent voters are not going to listen to that kind of extreme campaign rhetoric. If he comes to Arizona with that message, I don't think it's going to do very well for the candidates. He better hone that message a little bit. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the big issues. The Supreme Court justices are currently hearing arguments in two cases involving the use of race-conscious admissions at American colleges. Justice Samuel Leto asked North Carolina Solicitor General Ryan Park what the goal is. Our goal is to achieve the educational benefits of diversity. And I understand that that is a, a qualitative standard that is difficult to measure. Uh, but I do not believe uh, that the standard merely being qualitative 
means that it's not susceptible to, to rigorous review. Should colleges use affirmative action policies when admitting students? I don't think we should anymore. I think there was a time in America when when colleges were for white students only, and it was a really bad time in this country that we should be giving the benefit of higher education to everybody, no matter what your skin color. And I think we've achieved a great deal of that. I think with the desegregation of public schools, we have also seen a more well-rounded education for everyone as there is a melting pot in our public school system. I think that what we should be doing is allowing people on their merit to be accepted in. And I think it would improve race relations because I think when you know that the person in the desk or the seat next to you in college got there by merit and you don't question whether it was because of race, there is a there is a more equal treatment among people. There may have been a time in this country where it was necessary for affirmative action and beneficial for the country to move forward. I think we've gone past that. I think it's time now for all of us to get there on merit and make sure everyone has an opportunity based on how well they've done in high school when going on to college. It's Halloween, and all show long, we've been playing spooky music to commemorate the day. Mike, do you have a favorite Halloween memory? Oh, of just Halloween itself? Mm-hmm. Um, my brother's family, when my, my nephew and my nieces were very young, their neighborhood is kind of, they live on kind of a U-shaped street. And everybody in that area of the neighborhood um, did something. Some had haunted houses, and it was like a big block party for Halloween. So it was fun to watch the kids. We'd pull the kids in a wagon, or we'd walk up and down the street, and they trick-or-treat. There was even one family that rolled a bar out into the street, and they made jello shots. So the kids got candy, and the parents got jello shots. So that, that, that kind of neighborhood community, that was a favorite memory. And then we'd all go back to my brother's house, and we would play music. Music and dance and have a good time, and so those are my big. That's my big memory. That is. Did you hear this for Halloween? We'll be back again tomorrow with the uh, the sugar high and the crash, and we'll probably be sleepy for the show tomorrow. We'll do it again at, at eleven twenty. Um, what we're going to do in a moment is talk about the border. I've talked about this a couple of times today, but I do think that it is. Um, uh, it is. An, I'm sorry, not the border. The, uh, the what we're talking about was the Inflation Reduction Act and the economy. What is coming? There are a couple of factors that have the people that are nervous about the future of the U.S. economy. I am. Glad that employment still remains very, very high. I think that has been a bright spot, and I hope that that stays. I hope people, as hard as they have to work, can ha- find employment anytime they need to or anytime they want to. I don't know how long that's going to last. Let's hope that it lasts for quite a while because there are some numbers that have indicators of a dramatic slowdown in the economy. And I'm going to tell you what those indicators are and why people are so concerned. And it's the people that are investing your money and the ones out there that are the ones that know the direction six months ahead of time. We'll talk about those next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, happy Halloween from the Mike Broomhead Show. We hope you're having a great, safe day. Your kids are going to have a great time. Your grandkids hope you're going to really, really have a good time. Said on the economy, there are certain statistics that we have to talk about that are very, very essential for people to know. OPEC sees the booming oil demand until the middle of the century. Now, if that's true, there is a big concern there because we are saying in America, we are going to try to have people driving electric vehicles and get rid of fuel fuel oil by 2035. But it's not just about fuel. And again, I hope to do this for me. 
um, for yourself, but just again, fact check me on the number of products that you are using or wearing at this moment that are petroleum based. Go and take a look at the sheer number of things that we consume in this world that are petroleum based and how ultimately expensive those things are getting ready to be. It's important. Here's another statistic before we get back to the fuel. U.S. workers have gotten way less productive and no one is sure why. Um, I will tell you that I think unless you motivate people to be productive, some people won't. There are things in us that are innate. I mean, I have always been someone that's had a work ethic that I don't think it's something you're born with. I think you learn it. My grandfather, my mother's father, was my hero and still is. He was John Wayne to me. That guy could fix anything. He could do anything. Um, You know, he died when I was nine. He died 45, almost 50 years ago. I'll be 55. So he died when I was nine, and I can still still picture him. I still remember specific times with him. It was looking back, the most innocent days in my life were spent with my grandfather. And I wish I could be the human being he was to me. I don't know how he was to everybody else in the world, but I know how he was to me. And he made me feel like I was the most important person in the world. Um, Listen to my stories. He talked to me like I was a peer, took me everywhere with him, and he could fix anything and did. He had his – he was retired and sick. He ended up dying of bladder cancer. But even when he was sick and his hands would shake, he would work on the neighbor's um, cars and he would fix things and he would um, build things. And he gave me that kind of a knack for working with my hands. And I'm so grateful that he did that. But he also passed that work ethic down to my mother. My mother never made excuses. She never had the opportunity to make excuses. There was no I can't afford three children. She had three children and she just worked her butt off all of my childhood. And so I, I, I saw that. That. And I just get I, I guess it becomes what's normal to you is just normal that you. It, yeah, I know it sucks. I know you don't feel good. I know you don't want to now get up and go and do it anyway. You have to. There was no I can't go to work. I don't feel like it. I want to take it. I need a mental health day. I'm not saying those are bad. I'm not making fun of anybody that takes them. But there was none of that in my family because there was no ability for that to happen. So when you see a, a, the product, productivity plunge is perplexing because productivity took off to levels not seen in decades when the coronavirus pandemic forced an overnight switch to remote work. And so people are wondering why the productivity is down. Is it depression? What is it? But which just the statistic itself is concerning. So I would say to try to put a bright spot on this, and I've tried to turn this around when I speak to young people, the threshold for success is getting lower. What I mean by that is you do not have to be exceptional at something particular. Now, you can be if you can sing like an angel, if you can run like the wind, you're going to be exceptional. You are going to be sought out. You will be an athlete. You will be an entertainer, whatever that is your heart wants you to be. But if you're just a person that works, and that's what I was, if you're willing to show up, and do what you're asked on time and consistently, there will be employers that consider you to be an excellent employee and one that they don't want to lose. That's a pretty low threshold. Show up and do your job. And so those that statistic is important. Another one that was sent to me by my friend Kristen Bentz yesterday is 
about how credit card debt has increased dramatically and more and more Americans are going into debt and that's going to cause a real issue with interest rates going up because when credit card interest rates go up, now you are not only putting necessities on credit, it's costing you even more to try to pay that down. As we roll closer and closer into the holiday season where people are in the meat of their buying time, where you are buying gifts and you are buying those things to have less and less credit available to do that with. Now we're starting to see a pattern of how things are being squeezed. Skyrocketing heating oil price will leave some choosing between food, fuel, and heat. That is a depressing choice to have to make. Do I want to be warm and hungry or cold and full? If you're a parent, what's worse, having your child say I'm cold or having your child say I'm hungry? That's a, that is a, a heart-wrenching choice to have to make. I think as adults, we feel like we can endure almost anything, and we do, for our children especially. But when you are struggling at a time where you know that your struggles, and sometimes you're thinking your mistakes, you know, the, the decisions you've made, if it, right or wrong, whether it was a mistake or just a bad decision, that you suffer the consequences, I think we all deal with that and can deal with it. But to think that the consequences of our actions are affecting our children is a whole different set of circumstances. Here, you're talking about parents frustrated and angry because it's not anything they've done wrong. We are seeing a lot of people that are still employed, but because of the dramatic increase in costs, they can't keep up. So now they've got to choose or will have to choose between being warm or being hungry. And nobody wants that for their children. Seriously low diesel supply threatens to worsen inflation. The national numbers on distillates is pretty tight. That according to Patrick DeHaan from Gas Buddy. Um, it's uncomfortable. That doesn't mean that you're going to see widespread outages. But if we get a bout of cold weather, things could be challenging. This is the start of heating oil season. That's when the demand really starts picking up and we enter the winter months. The country's had about 25 days worth of diesel fuel left, a level that is considered very low. That's what DeHaan said. It's closer to low to mid-30s in terms of the number of days remaining. Much of the country's attention has been focused on gasoline prices, which have fluctuated throughout the year. They have generally fallen in recent months below a peak of $5 a gallon. But diesel is remaining very, very high. So that now you couple with the possibility of a rail strike. Now what are we going to do? If goods and services are not being moved by rail, but they are being moved now more and more by truck or plane, what do we do? So this is where the concerns are coming from people that are looking at not just what's happening right this minute, but two, three, four, five, six months down the road. And it's why most and I would say virtually all experts are saying we are going to have a recession. And I'm not saying that to scare anyone. But what I'm saying is we can do better. That we need policy changes. When uh, one of the things I talked about earlier was education, and I didn't bring this up, but the president of the United States, and I've mentioned uh, probably if you listen, you've heard me say this quite a bit. I believe that the number one issue for this administration, bar none, it's not even close, is climate change. That they see everything in this country and every major decision they make um, as a byproduct of their policies on. Um, climate change. And this one also plays it out. Billions of dollars are going to be sent. Um, tens of millions are going to be sent to Arizona, but billions around the country to buy electric buses, electric school buses. So now you are going to start seeing the shift 
in how the grid is handled because now you're going to have to start retrofitting buildings for this these chargers for these electric buses. So at a state in a time when we are here in Arizona, especially talking about how much money we spend on education and getting more money into the classroom and everything else, these school districts are getting more and more money for electric buses. And if you are someone that is a climate change concerned person, if you're someone that believes that climate change is a threat to the planet, you may be applauding this decision. But here we are at a time when the White House said they are having huge deficit reductions in their budgets and they're, they're, they're stopping the wasteful spending that's happening in Washington, they're going to spend billions of dollars on electric school buses. That's the plan. So that shows you when it comes to the economy, what are they in schools? What do they think the number one issue is? Well, look at where they're spending the money. They're spending billions of dollars on buses, not in the classroom, not on teacher pay. That's and to me, that's an indicator of of the direction that they're heading. So there are districts in Arizona that are going to be retrofitting buildings where they will have they're going to have to change the electrical grid in the building. There's no doubt they're going to have to change out the electrical service at some of these lots where the buses are parked. Then they're going to have to put in charging stations for all of these buses to make room for these buses that will be coming in. Now, they're going to say, but look at all the money we're saving on fuel. Fair enough. But what happens? What happens if they start straining the electric grid, which we haven't reinforced yet? I just don't think it's a well-thought-out plan. I just don't think it's very well thought out. We talked earlier uh, about a topic, um, which I'm, I'm going to maybe continue on with this uh, in the economy. But I want to talk about the student loan debt and what the changes might be coming, but also go back to the idea of getting rid of affirmative action. Because I think it is something that if we have a reasonable discussion on this, this could be a, a gateway. This could be a stepping stone toward unity in America if we have a reasonable discussion about it. So we're going to do that coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. I don't know what movie this is from. Halloween 2? Huh. I don't remember that. I always thought it was the same music. Okay. Oof. Okay. Um, those movies still terrify me. Um, and then the one that's out, I haven't seen the one that's out now, the one that's supposed to be the, I want to see this one. Jamie Lee Curtis, what a what a career she had from those movies. Anyway, happy Halloween. A few minutes left in the show. Um, we just got done talking about the economy. I want to add just kind of a one more, one more level to that and what might be happening. Um, in roughly two months, I'm reading from the first paragraph of a story, in roughly two months, millions of consumers who borrowed to take out federal student loans will need to dig a little deeper into their pockets to cover another bill from for $150 to $300 a month or maybe even more depending on what they owe. And where will they get the money? That is a great question. Um, I will say that I feel for anybody that owes a debt like that, um, but I don't know what else can be done. At some point, these loans have to be paid back. We'll find out. I don't know what the Biden administration's plans are, but we'll see if they are able to come up with that loan forgiveness for many families. Um, but while we're on the topic of higher education, uh, I had an interesting conversation with uh, Dr. Crow, with Michael Crow, a couple of weeks ago about the return on investment for ASU graduates and how much money the average student, after they graduate with the job that they get, how much more money that they are able to to make because of that college degree. 
And if the return on investment is there, I think that it's valuable. I think an educated society is, does well for all of us. My problem, and I have some issues with the way things are done with some people that are taking going into majors. Now, if your family's got a ton of money, you know, if you've got a ton of money or you've got scholarships because you are a brilliant student and you want to go and get an art degree – then that's terrific. I think that's great. Um, if you believe that you're going to make enough money with an art degree or an anthropology degree or an archaeology degree, I don't know that that's going to be a really good investment for you. You have to look at training for the next phase of your life. If you're going to school just to go to school, it's usually not that good of a decision that you're better off in the workforce. You're better off going through a training program. Like I said the, the apprenticeship programs for um, – for uh, going to uh, into one of the trades is pretty remarkable. In a four-year trade school, while you're on the job working and making really good money and earning your journeyman certification, a journeyman electrician is making in the neighborhood of $75,000 a year with benefits. After four years where you're not creating debt, you're actually making more and more money, it sounds like a more reasonable option. The other side of this is we're talking about ending affirmative action and what might be done. The Supreme Court is going to decide once and for all whether race can be used in college admissions. We recognize being as you know older like I am, I recognize being a part of desegregation and watching what that looked like, that there was a time in this country where forced desegregation was necessary to integrate our society in better ways, to make sure that students of color, all colors, um, non-white students, I guess I should say, had the same opportunity and an education and success as anybody else. First, it was qualifications and then it was opportunity, and there's no doubt about that. That we had to give people a chance at the same education so you knew whatever the color of your skin was, you had the same opportunity to quality education in America. And then if you did your job and you got good grades and you are disciplined and you wanted to go to college, that you have an opportunity to go to college and this color of your skin doesn't matter. That's the way it was then was that they didn't allow black students in campuses. It was all white students on college campuses. What they've done now with affirmative action is it's easier for a student of color to get ahead of a white student in the classroom, and I don't think that's fair either. I think we've gotten to a point in race relations in this country that it should be solely on merit, that you shouldn't have on the athletic field a quota of the number of students that are non-white that are on the field compared to white students, that we shouldn't be looking to directly reflect the exact same percentages and numbers of the people we have in society. But we are saying to people, if you qualify, if you are good, you are in. It, it's worked for sports. It's worked for many other industries that are colorblind, and we don't care what color your skin is. We don't care if you're a man or a woman. If you can do the job, we want you on this job. That we shouldn't make it easier because that's what that's what breeds um, discontent. If someone believes you're only here because you were given a break I wasn't given. And I think it's time to end it, and I hope it ends. I hope that this is a time when all of America says, you know what, we're at a point where we will be able to attract people based on their merit. And if we we find people regressing, if we find people that are disenfranchising possible students on their campus because of the color of their skin, there should be strong penalties to be paid. Just about out of time, I want to remind you, if you're going out tonight with your children 
uh, or not with your children. If you're driving, be safe because other people's kids are walking around. Be safe with your kids. Make it a great night so that tomorrow it's a great story and a memory. And all you have left over is a sugar high and not anything dangerous. Um, social media users at Broomhead KTAR on Twitter. Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. We'll be back tomorrow morning just after 8 a.m. to have another show. Until then, have a great Halloween. God bless.